Welcome to Phone Emission Focus discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. On this episode of Focus, I want to talk about the photographer's toolkit or what things should you have in your toolbox, toolkit or camera bag or whatever you want to call it. But what are things that can be most important to have? I know that a lot of people starting out in photography kind of, you know, start to build up the kit and they wonder sometimes what their next purchase should be. So I thought I'd just run for a few things based on, this is just based on my experience of doing photography for a very long time, owning lots of different kit, knowing what works and what doesn't work for me. Like some things I find really important to have and other things I've bought where they're not so important. So I thought maybe it's just helpful to talk about something about what type of things you should try and put in your kit, a little bit of an idea of how much you should spend on different things as well. So the first thing I'm going to start with is something kind of really basic, but it is such a useful piece of photography equipment that it enables you to do some very special type of photography, and that's a tripod. And owning a good tripod is important. There's lots of tripods on the market, and there's lots of really cheap and I know sometimes when people first start off, you know, they buy something cheap and they get find the cheap tripod. A tripod, if you buy a good tripod to start with, it'll really help your photography because it's going to be stable. And the reason that you're using a tripod is you're trying to keep the camera steady because you're probably doing a long exposure of some type. So you want the camera to be on a really stable platform. So having a flimsy tripod kind of defeats the purpose because even if there's a slight breeze or whatever, they cannot always give the great results that you can get from a really sturdy, solid tripod. So I always say to people that if you're starting in photography and you're starting to, you know, buy your toolkit, putting your stuff together, when you come to, you know, think about, okay, I'm going to buy a tripod, try and spend a little bit more than probably what you were going to, you know, originally planned to get something that is really good because that kit, well, that tripod will transition over many different cameras that you might own. You can have the same tripod and keep using it over and over again. You know, it's a universal fitting and it's just, like I said, just makes sense to try and buy something like that. Try and buy it once, buy it well, and then you've got something, like I said, to keep using for your whole photography career. And I've got a couple of tripods that I've had for a very long time and some of them are getting a bit, you know, knocked about looking but still work really well. And like I said, I've got different tripods I own, probably I think, well, last count, there's about five different tripods I have and some of them are for different reasons. I've got a couple of quite sturdy, heavy-duty um, tripods which have really served me well. I've also got a, a smaller travel tripod which is um, handy sometimes when you're travelling but again, it's not a tripod tripod I would use for normal photography, it's just not, it's just not you know, sturdy enough, but it's okay for something like, a, you know, if you're traveling and you're doing some holiday pictures or something and you want to, you know, need to do a, a long exposure or, or whatever. And again, one of the tips is if you are using a cheaper tripod, if that's what you've ended up with, one of the tips you can actually use, sometimes this will help improve the rigidity or the how firm the tripod is. Because most tripods, like the cheaper ones, they're at their weakest when the legs are fully extended. So when you extend the legs out, that's when typically there's a lot of wobble and stuff in there. 
Um, if you have gotten those tripods, and sometimes, like I said, even when I've used my travel tripod, which isn't as sturdy as some of my big ones, one of the techniques I use is if I can find a surface to put the tripod on, like a table, solid tabletop, or a you know a, a little wall or something that you can set the tripod up on without extending the legs out. So basically, you might only have the first stage of the tripod open, which will increase the how rigid the tripod sits there. So it's a little tip. So if you have bought a cheaper tripod and it does suffer when it's fully extended and it wobbles around, maybe you can use it by not fully extending it and sitting it on something sturdy like a table or, or some other solid um, some other solid surface that you can mount, sit the tripod on to get the camera pointed where you need to point it. So that's one thing. So a tripod, like I said, it's well worth spending a bit of extra money, have a tripod and then keep that tripod and use it for years and years and years and you've got yourself a, a great piece of equipment. I'm not going to touch too much on things like cameras and stuff like that because people are going to buy, you're going to buy whatever camera you start with and lenses, you're going to build that kit up and that will change over time because as you progress with your photography, you might start out, say, with a, say you might start out for a crop frame DSLR and then you might, as your skills get better and better and, and you're shooting more and type, more types of subjects you might want to move into full frame so you might you might transition across to a full frame camera so and people that's that those things are things that people need to find on their own journey and what lenses and what cameras and that type of thing so I'm not going to really chat about that I'm going to talk about again more some of the basic stuff that kind of universal in photography the next one I talk about is is SD cards and SD cards are the thing that you are you know, after you've gone to all the effort of you know buying your camera, getting your lenses, going to a location, setting up a shoot, this is where you're committing the all that work is going. That this is the final resting place. This is where this you know that that image is going to live on that card until you get it off that card and put it on your computer and and do something with it. So I always say to people, buy again, buy the best. SD cards you can afford. Again, buy a, try and stick to the well-known brands. Often, you know, there's places that sell cheap. You see cheap SD cards and that type of stuff, but you just really don't know the quality. And, and you know, you just that's the last thing you want is an SD card to fail, particularly if you're on a shoot. So I say, invest in something like a well-known brand. There's a few really well-known brands out there that make memory cards for cameras. Again, just also, a word of caution is, is as well as those well-known brands, there's also counterfeits out there on the market as well. So I always kind of resist from buying thing, from things like on eBay and things like that, buying memory cards, because you just don't know whether you're actually going to get the legitimate card. You're better off actually buying things like your memory cards and stuff from a reputable camera shop or somewhere like that. Or if there's a reputable online retailer that you use, that's a good place to buy them, but I kind of shy away from non-photography specialist type retailers like people who are just selling stuff on eBay because quite often you're not getting exactly what you think you're getting. It's something made to look the part, but it's not. So again, and, and, and it is, the, I suppose, one of the most important things because that is where the final image is going to be. So again, invest in good quality memory cards. And the other thing with memory cards is you know, I've seen people where they've been using memory cards for years and years and years, have a few memory cards and, like I said, at some point, pension them off. Like, after you've used them for a while, you know, if you're going to 
if you are going to kind of keep using them, wiping them clean and doing that, do that for you know, maybe two years and then and then just retire the card. Put it aside. You know, a good idea if you're not sure. One of the things you can do when you buy a new memory card is like take a texter and put the date on it so you know exactly when you bought the card. So if you are planning, say, use it for 12 months or whatever and then pension it off, you know exactly when you start using it because you put that date on it. So put the start date, then you can work out, like I said, when you're going to re- you know, retire that card. But again, it's just something important to think about. And the other thing is it's worth investing in a number of cards. Like say so you've got plenty of spare cards, so you're not kind of always happen to wipe this card clean so you can do the shoot you know, the next shoot type of thing, have have a couple of cards. Just try and build a bit of a stock of cards up so you've got them. So again, they're not super expensive, but they are really important and they are a crucial part of the mix when it comes to photography. So that's a um, tip there to do that as well. One of the other things is that you need to think about long-term for your photography because if you start doing photography and you really kind of get into it, you start really producing a lot of images, you have to store them somewhere. So this is where you need to think about what long-term storage opportunities you can look at. And some of the things that people use are things like NAS drives. And that's a NAS drive is a, a network attached storage device. So it's basically a set of hard drives in a box that connects to your network. You can pull it up on your computer like a like a drive on your computer and you can you know put files across to it. A lot of them you can remotely access them i have a a nas drive in the office which i can pretty much access from anywhere in the world so i can store stuff on that and if i need to find a file or something i can jump on where i am and i can actually log into the nas drive and i can actually upload files or download files whatever i need to do again having some type of system in place helps you like i said in the long term because you will you will end up with lots and lots and lots of images over time and you do need to store them somewhere so you need to work out a way how do I how do I archive them how do I back it up so this is another area too where you really don't want to skimp on the money here as far as buying drives and stuff so I mean if you are buying like some type of network attached drive then have a look at make sure that the drives that go into it are designed for that purpose because I've seen people with, with network uh, attached drives that just had standard computer desktop drives in it and that's not ideal not the way they they're meant to be there is actually proper nas drive hard drives made for the purpose so like everything same as there's purpose-built hard drives for cctv again different to how a desktop computer is working um, something that's maybe needs to be recording and storing stuff constantly needs a really you know a really long duty cycle where it's actually working so again look at some type of think about how you're going to store stuff look about how you're going to do it the other thing is okay a lot of people that go oh, i'm just going to buy cloud storage and cloud storage is a part of the solution but i don't know that you'd want to commit everything to cloud and not have a physical another physical backup somewhere i just think it's kind of like cloud storage to me is almost like even though all the, men, all the people who offer cloud storage will spruik about how fantastic their products are and how you know safe they are and all that type of stuff. But again, stuff can fail and things can happen. Companies can sometimes 
something happens and they go broke or whatever and then people have kind of had all their information lost or they can't access it for whatever reason. So I think I think it's always good to have another alternative. Cloud is definitely a, is definitely something worth looking at as far as having it as a part of your solution. But again, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Try and have a have a mixture of different things to store store your images so you've got them safe. So again, storage, backup, all those type of things. And these things, like I said, will see you. So what I'm talking about today is really stuff that is universal to photography. So it doesn't matter what you shoot with or if you change brands or change cameras or whatever, you know, midway through your photography journey, these things are still, they're important. They're things that are going to be necessary and you need to have them and you need to probably start thinking about them. The earlier you start thinking about this type of stuff, I think the easier it is to implement and the easier it is to manage over time. That Sometimes people get to a point where they're way down the track and then they start thinking about, oh, I need to, reorganize stuff and that becomes a big a big hassle i remember like you know i and i still haven't finished i've got a enormous collection of transparency or, or, or slides as people also call them and i've started digitizing them by scanning them but it's just a really slow process and eventually i will get there one day but again it's a bit like and that's because there was no other way to store store them before um, the digital era but like I said, now in the digital era, people are amassing massive amounts of files and then having to then deal with them at a later point in time. So again, have some thought, you know, put some thought into just what you're going to do and how you're going to manage that type of stuff. So the next probably purchase or, or piece of equipment that should be in the photographer's toolbox, which is a part of your kit that's essential, is some means of processing. That's going to be whether it's going to be a laptop, whether it's going to be a desktop machine, whether it's going to be a tablet of some description, but you will need to invest some money in something that is up to the job of being able to edit photos quickly and easily. The other thing which you've got to think about too is once you have one of those devices is that investing in something like a a monitor that can represent the colors of, of the images you're doing. So a monitor that's calibrated you know or designed for photography that's got a wide color gamut and like i said no good looking at your pictures on a, a substandard monitor because you're not really seeing the true photo so again investing in something like a decent pc or a decent you know um, if you're an apple person some type of mac mac is very popular for a lot of people for photography i'm personally a pc person so i have a PC which I built up to a, a very high spec particularly for photography and I have a match that up with a, a monitor that can do high resolution 4k images and um, it's, it's color calibrated so it's it's great and it, I've got a second monitor on that computer and when you actually see if you display the images on both you can really see the difference how having a good monitor um, can make all the difference so these are things, like I said, that you invest in, but they're universal. So they're not, like again, it doesn't matter what camera brand you shoot with, you need some way of being able to take those images and then take them into a some type of program where you're going to be able to do some manipulation, whether it just be simply doing a couple of exposure correction, corrections or cropping or you know putting a watermark on it or whatever you, whatever your process is. 
But you do need to have that equipment and think about having something that's up to the task to do it. So these are all things after you've bought your camera. So photography is not a cheap hobby by any stretch of the imagination because the camera stuff can be quite expensive. Then there's all the like the add-on or auxiliary stuff that you need to make the to make it all work. Basically, to better take the images and do something with them. So again, it's just a matter of thinking these things through and having some, you know, putting some thought into this stuff. And like I said, building up your kit as far as having a good, good solid toolkit of stuff there to help you do your stuff. So some of the other things that you can look at doing is, um, which can be universal, is buying a filter, like like a filter system. So a lot of filter systems are designed to fit on multiple cameras. So like if you buy a filter system, so if you're a landscape photographer and you do a lot of landscape, filter you know, investing in a in a kit of filters is something kind of well worthwhile because you'll you'll really be able to benefit by you know taking pictures at different times of the day when you normally couldn't you know by using some of the um, neutral density filters or the graduated filters you know the whole range of different filters that are available these days and like I said you know if you buy a, a system that will fit multiple cameras again so if you do you know sometime for the, your photography journey you change cameras or change brands you can continue to use those filters on your new camera because it's an adaptable system and all of the filter systems are like that they're actually you know different holders on the front of the on the front of the lens or there's different um, adapters that will screw on and a lot, of the, a lot of them will come with multiple adapters to fit many different types of lenses and you can buy I think you can pretty much buy an adapter for any any lens that's been ever made out there on the market that's another piece of equipment that can be used across a whole range of different cameras so what other things that you might need to buy or look at and I mean sometimes you know you need some way of, of moving this stuff around so by investing in a good camera bag or a trolley of some description like some people you know if they've got a lot of kit these days you can get quite good ones that are kind of pull along camera bags a bit like you know roll on suitcases for uh like you take on an airline but they're designed to obviously hold photography equipment so again having a couple of camera bag options and I've got a number of different options so I just find that I couldn't find one camera bag that was going to kind of fit all purposes so there's times when I need a lot of gear and sometimes I don't need so much gear so again I've come up with basically a couple of different camera bag options to use to work depending on what I'm actually doing and what I'm photographing and, and what type of equipment I'm taking out into the field. One of the other areas where again it can become universal across your photography and that's lighting so if you're into kind of a studio lighting situation where you want to do some studio work you want to do some portraiture that type of stuff that investing in some lights again is something that will again be universal to your photography again it's going to not matter like i said what camera you're using you know these days like triggers and different things will work on multiple cameras sometimes it's just changing out a lead or some of them work on multiple different brands so again it's just having a coming up with a I suppose a, some equipment that you're going to use like I said whether it be studio lights or whether it's going to be some speed lights and I think the thing about it is sometimes obviously if it's speed lights quite often the speed lights are more dedicated to a different you know, each camera brand but there is now some options on the market where they're made by non 
camera manufacturers. They're made by people who typically make studio lights. There's brands of lighting strobes that you can buy or, or, or speed light type products that can be triggered by, you know, a wireless trigger on the camera that can trigger um, pretty much from any camera out there. So again, they're things that if you invest well in those type of things, you will be able to use them over and over again and you'll get value for money. And again, none of this, like I said, as I said before, like this all costs a lot of money. So the idea is if you can kind of plan ahead that you're only buying some of these things pretty much once, maybe only twice if you have to. I mean, I do realize too, like things like lights and stuff like that, I'm going to have a, um, you know, if you've, used, if you've used them for 10, 20 years or whatever, they are going to get to a point where maybe they're going to fail and you will have to replace them. But again, you've probably gone through multiple cameras in that period, whereas, like I said, you've been constant with your tripod, you've been constant with your storage techniques, you've been constant with your memory cards, you've been constant with you know your camera bags and all those type of things. That yeah, it's just all these things are. I think it's important to have a to have a think about, and particularly if you're in you know, like I said, if you're relatively new to photography, or even if you've been shooting for a while. You know, it might be that you haven't given this type of stuff too much attention and you've just kind of bought kind of on a whim different things, but I think maybe start to have a plan about what where you might want to go to with photography and, you know, what type of things you'd like to own to make the, the job of, um, you know, taking photos and processing and storing um, photos much, much easier. One of the other things I suppose is, you know, again, it's, and this becomes universal to the the art of photography or the craft of photography and that is like post-processing i mean i've been an adobe um user for for donkey's years i used to buy the programs when the back in the day when you bought you got the software and you bought it and you got a license um and you buy it and then now all that type of stuff is now moved on to subscription model but having a subscription model for things like lightroom photoshop very very handy to have and there is free programs out there i mean some people use stuff that maybe come with the camera or use um some of the stuff out there that that's free and there is a like i said there's quite a few different um programs out there that do photo manipulation that doesn't cost anything to use they're not as polished as some of the you know the um adobes and other things of the world but again having i think settling on a kind of a package or a brand and then you know whether you you do the you know like i said have a subscription then that's just going to carry across all your photography and again you're going to get used to using that software and become comfortable like i said i've just kind of i suppose got comfortable with using the different adobe products over time and so i've kind of just stuck with that so but there's other ones out there so it's not one size fits all there's other options out there people can can look at as well so i hope this has got you thinking about you know, if you're starting out in photography on your photography journey and you're starting to you're starting to plan to buy stuff, thinking about those plan those things of buying something and like I said, not maybe rushing out and buying a twenty nine dollar tripod. You know, maybe maybe you're gonna gonna spend three hundred dollars on a tripod. Just to get the value of having stuff that's gonna see you through your journey. It's a bit like tradies. So if you if you're a carpenter for argument's sake, and you go and buy really cheap chisels and really cheap hammers and really cheap saws, within no time they're, they're breaking and failing or or not performing real well. And, you know, you end up having to buy 
something a bit better. And it's the same thing if you buy really good quality stuff to start with, you're going to get a long service life out of it. That's why typically that's what you're paying for with a lot of stuff. I mean, I know myself when I buy power tools, I typically buy because I do a lot of stuff where I'm building lots of stuff and I'm using stuff like that all the time. So I tend to buy like the professional grade power tools because they're just going to see you well. And I've actually got a, I've got a, a drill that I bought when I was 17 and it's uh, Bosch and it's made in Switzerland and it's a hammer drill and it's just done an enormous amount of work over 50 years basically I suppose. Not even, not quite 50 but um, be getting close to it at some point. But the that thing is just still going and because it was, when I bought it, it actually wasn't cheap. Like it was, I paid, saved up. I, I could have bought like a Black & Decker or something a a much cheaper, I probably could have bought three Black and Decker drills for the price of this one Bosch one. But it's I figured that if I bought something decent, then I'd it was going to last me well. And actually, that's exactly what's happened. It has, has really gone the distance. So I think this is, if you take this philosophy and use it with your camera gear, like things like your bags, your tripods, your memory cards, your storage devices, all those things, then you're going to set yourself up for um, success. And I think that's really what you've got to think about is all the things that you can do to make your job as a photographer uh, enjoyable and to give you the opportunity to perform at a really high professional level. So by having you know the right equipment, not having to kind of have a shaky tripod or whatever. So I hope this has got you thinking about your photography journey, where you're at. Everyone, you know, there's so many people who enjoy photography and they're all at different points in their photography journey and they're all kind of, I suppose thinking about what what they're going to buy next and it's kind of I'm kind of lucky at the moment that I've kind of over the years I've been able to build up quite a a big toolkit of photography equipment um so I've got a lot of different things and sometimes like I said you'll end up buying something that you mightn't use it very often but when you do use it you know it's going to work really really well and it's like to me that's where it's just well worth planning ahead so I hope that's got you thinking and about your photography and we really appreciate any comments that people give us. So if you've got something you want to ask us or you've got an idea for a for an episode or something you want to, to talk yeah, hear me talk about, by all means send us a message or jump on our social media. You can find me on uh, Instagram under just Stephen Finkel. You'll see some of the stuff I do there. Quite often I post fairly regularly and you'll see kind of get a bit of a flavour for some of the stuff that I've been working on. So look, until next time, enjoy your photography and we'll talk again real soon. See ya.